Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine. Imagine that you're in that upper room with all the gathered disciples. With the door shut and locked tight, the air inside is stuffy and rank with the acrid smell of sweat and fear. The scent is a type of desperation that exists between desperation and resignation. It's been 50 days since he's been gone. And for 50 days, he's appeared to other disciples but not to you. And you try and believe everyone else's stories, but you wonder, why has Jesus not appeared to me? Perhaps you're suspicious. Everyone could be playing a prank on you. You, the fool, the dullard, the Gastonian. And maybe in your soul, you know, doubt still lingers. And you're not sure, but his lack of presence almost feels like a missing tooth. Your longing is like a curious tongue, ever checking the emptiness. Looking around at the gathered disciples in that upper room, you notice weariness on everyone's faces. The remnant faithful are like a topo map of an anxious landscape. And you finally come to realize that living under fear is not really living. It's a surreal world constructed of ifs, mights, and coulds. And every scenario plays out in your head until time itself feels like it's set in the gloaming hour the hour when all that can be done has been done, and you're left simply to sit and sink into the gray until your mind melds into the darkness. And periodically you wonder if any of it, any that you witnessed, the miracles, the healings, the teachings, the crowds, the cross, you begin to wonder if any of it was real, Maybe it was a work of fiction that your brain constructed to remove the fear of death. And you wonder if anyone in the future will believe all the things you witnessed. Because when said in your head, the whole thing sounds a little crazy. And you worry that your faith is simply a worry doll underneath your pillow. Because you have to admit the teachings of Jesus fly against human instinct. Help the poor, not yourself. Love your enemies. Trust in a God so beyond conception and comprehension that words fail to hint at the nature of divine reality. You were taught to have faith and fragility, to trust and learn from the humiliated, to follow the weak-wristed, the humble, 
and help the chipped tooth forgotten. The rabble is supposed to be your teacher. And you contemplate if one day people will argue that those Jesus followers just made it all up, made the whole story up, made it as a weak power play for their own psychological self-worth. Because you know Rome is too strong to bow its knees before a crucified God. So in that upper room, you slump a bit against the cushion, waiting, wondering, worrying, and a spirit not unlike despair settles into the pit of your stomach. Because 50 days is a long time in a world where life is cheap and time is fleeting and enemies abound. Because the edge of a cliff is no place to build a home. And then, bam, there he is. Here in your presence of all the disciples. Showing people his wounds. Smiling gently, but firmly. As if to suggest he arrived precisely when he planned to. And his eyes weigh you measuring the ratio between belief and your own self-preservation. Quo vadis, believers? Quo vadis, where are you going? And suddenly you feel silly for doubting, for despairing, and remember he promised that he would be with the faithful until the end. Then something strange happens. He starts breathing on everyone each of his followers. Of course, you have to admit, Jesus was always a little strange. Being God and human at the same time means living out a story you helped write. Then it's your turn. And standing in front of you, he exhales, and suddenly you feel like what the still water must have felt like at the dawn of creation in Genesis, at the beginning when an ancient wind stirred the depths of the void and brought life ex nihilo out of nothing, brought life out of an infinite darkness. And in that moment, you feel impossibly alive. And you experience a growing in your heart of the most human of impulses, hope. And if hope, then possibility. And you realize suddenly the upper room is no longer a prison or a hideout, it's a launch pad. And you realize it's no longer the terminus of the Jesus movement. It's ground zero for an explosion of Christ into human history. And filled with the Spirit, there is no choice but to walk out into the marketplace, to walk out ready to share with the world that God is not yet finished with humanity. God is not yet finished completing creation. Because God needs you, you, to finish that story. Now, what if you thought about this story in the gospel, your story, being told 2,000 years later? What would you want to whisper into the ears of people hearing it? What wisdom would you impart besides buy all the property on the south slope? What would you want to tell them? 
Maybe simply you would just say that it's real. Real and more wonderful than you could ever describe. Maybe you would tell them that no matter their doubts, their fears, their misgivings, Jesus will keep showing up, keep showing up and making people, his followers, making them weird. Because today, on the celebration of Pentecost, we just need to say it. Christians are weird. Weird, strange, unusual. I mean, we just read one of our most sacred stories where there's freaking tongues of fire from the sky and people speaking in tongues. It's strange. And it's amazing. We hear about the Holy Spirit making people talk in other people's languages. And we have dear old Peter, the Ed McMahon of the Bible. Old Peter telling everyone this is the fulfillment of a prophecy of Joel. And at this event, it's our tradition, Pentecost, to celebrate the birthday of the church. So at its beginning, the Spirit collaborates with the flesh, and the movement starts and continues 2,000 years later, and it's weird. Its very spiritual DNA is weird. So I have to say to you today, today that we've been weird since birth. But that's a good thing. Like any birthday, Pentecost is a great time to reflect on who the church is. The church being all of you. So I want to place before you a few images of our congregation that I observed over the last week. So I watched a teenager, one of those millennials, who according to all the reports in the news are the most me-centered generation in human history. And I watched as she joyfully walked with a crowd of adoring elementary school students draped over her like dirty socks. She didn't have to do that, but she did it smiling out of kindness. I also saw a parishioner who stood no economic, social, or political gain stop and chat pleasantly with one of our regular homeless people in the village. And this man gave him no money, just his dignity of being seen. And I watched several people of all souls who could have used their free time going to spas or movies, shopping, or exchanging gossip. But instead, they chose to sit at a desk and volunteer their time to help make the ministries at All Souls function more smoothly. And that was just our community, people not behaving like the world tells you to. And then we all read in the news the two men who gave their lives to protect a Muslim stranger from harassment on a bus. They did not know her. They did this just because they were weird enough to die with the thought that their love for humanity was greater than all the isms that tells us we are separate, all the isms that separate us from God's dream. Tell everyone on this bus, I love them, one man said, his last words. How weird, how holy. 
Look, I believe we're strange because when we are led into the world by the Spirit, we behave in ways that go against what is in our own self-interest in order to follow the foolishness of Christ. And today we find ourselves gathered in an upper room. And perhaps some of us here are a little bit afraid for our lives, for our country, for the planet. But trust this, Jesus will show up and fill us with the Holy Spirit to go out in the world to be God's beloved weirdo people. So happy birthday, weirdos of all souls, weirdos of all sorts. I promise you, your crazy fits in just fine in this congregation. Amen.